Act Two of Henry the Fourth, Part One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Henry the Fourth, Part One, by William Shakespeare. Scene One, Rochester, an inn yard. Enter a carrier with a lantern in his hand. Hi-ho, and it be not four by the day, I'll be hanged. Charles Wayne is over the new chimney, and yet a horse not packed. Why, ostler? Adon, adon. I pray thee, Tom, beat cut saddle, put a few flocks in the point. Poor Jade is wrung in the withers out of all cess. Enter another carrier. Peas and beans are as dank here as a dog, and that is the next way to give poor Jades the bots. This house is turned upside down since Robin Ostler died. Poor fellow. Never joyed since the price of oats rose. It was the death of him. I think this be the most villainous house in all London Road for fleas. I am stung like a tench. Like a tench. By the mass, there's ne'er King Christen could be better bit than I have been since the first cock. Why, they will allow us ne'er a Jordan, and then we leak in your chimney, and your chamber lie breeds fleas like a loach. What ostler? Come away and be hanged. I have a gammon of bacon and two razors of ginger to be delivered as far as Charing Cross. God's body! The turkeys in my pannier are quite starved. What ossery plague on thee? Hast thou never an eye in thy head? Canst not hear? And twere not as good deed as drink to break the pate on thee, I am a very villain. Come and be hanged. Hast thou no faith in thee? Enter Gadshill. Good morrow, carriers. What's o'clock? I think it be two o'clock. I pray thee, lend me thy lantern, to see my gelding in the stable. Nay, by God, soft, I know trick worth to that in faith. I pray thee, lend me thine. Ay, when, canst tell, lend me thy lantern, quoth he. Marry, I'll see thee hanged first. Sirrah, carrier, what time do you mean to come to London? Time enough to go to bed with a candle, I warrant thee. Come, neighbour Muggs, we'll call up the gentleman. They will along with company, for they have great charge. Exeunt carriers. What ho? Chamberlain. At hand, quoth Pigpurse. That's even as fair as at hand, quoth the Chamberlain, for thou variest no more from picking of purses than giving direction doth from labouring. Thou layest the plot how. Enter Chamberlain. Good morrow, Master Godsill. It holds current that I told you yesternight there's a Franklin in the wild of Kent hath brought three hundred marks with him in gold. I heard him tell it to one of his company last night at supper. A kind of auditor, one that hath abundance of charge too, God knows what. They are up already and call for eggs and butter. They will away presently. Sirrah, if they meet not with St. Nicholas, clerks, I'll give thee this neck. No, I'll none of it. I pray thee keep that for the hangman, for I know thou worshippest St. Nicholas as truly as a man of falsehood may. What, talkest thou to me of the hangman? If I hang, I'll make a fat pair of gallows, for if I hang, old Sir John hangs with me, and thou knowest he is no starveling. Tut! There are other Trojans that thou dreamest not of, the which for sport's sake are content to do the profession some grace. 
that would, if matters should be looked into, for their own credit's sake make all whole. I am joined with no footland rakers, no long staff sixpenny strikers, none of these mad mustachio purple hued maltworms, but with nobility and tranquillity. Burgomasters and great oneers, such as can hold in, such as will strike sooner than speak, and speak sooner than drink, and drink sooner than pray. And yet, zooms I lie, for they pray continually to their saint, the Commonwealth, or rather, not pray to her, but pray on her, for they ride up and down on her, and make her their boots. What? The Commonwealth their boots? Will she hold out water in foul way? She will, she will. Justice hath liquored her. We steal as in a castle. Coxure. We have the receipt of fern-seed. We walk invisible. Nay, by my faith, I think you are more beholding to the night than to fern-seed for your walking invisible. Give me thy hand. Thou shalt have a share in our purchase, as I am a true man. Nay, rather let me have it, as you are a false thief. Go to. Homo is a common name to all men. Bid the ostler bring my gelding out of the stable. Farewell, you muddy knave. Exeunt. Scene two, the highway, near Gadshill. Enter Prince Henry and Poins. Come, shelter, shelter. I have removed Falstaff's horse, and he frets like a gummed velvet. Stand close. Enter Falstaff. Poins! Poins and be hanged! Poins! Peace, you fat kidneyed rascal. What a brawling dost thou keep! Where's Poins, Hal? He has walked up to the top of the hill. I'll go seek him. I'm accursed to rob in that thief's company. The rascal hath removed my horse and tied him I know not where. If I travel but four foot by the squire further afoot, I shall break my wind. Well, I doubt not but to die a fair death for all this, if I escape hanging for killing that rogue. I have forsworn his company hourly any time this two and twenty years, and yet I am bewitched with the rogue's company. If the rascal hath not given me medicines to make me love him, I'll be hanged. It could not be else. I have drunk medicines. Poins! Hal! Ah, plague upon you both! Bardolph! Pito! I'll starve ere I'll rob a foot further. And twere not as good a deed as drink to turn true man and to leave these rogues. I am the veriest varlet that ever chewed with a tooth. Eight yards of uneven ground is threescore and ten miles a foot with me, and the stony-hearted villains know it well enough. A plague upon it when thieves cannot be trolled one to another. They whistle. Whew! A plague upon you all! Give me my horse, you rogues! Give me my horse and be hanged! Peace, you fat guts! Lie down. Lay thine ear close to the ground and list, if thou canst hear the tread of travellers. Have you any levers to lift me up again, being down? Splud! I'll not bear mine own flesh so far afoot again for all the coin in thy father's exchequer. 
What a plague me need to court me thus. Thou liest. Thou art not courted. Thou art uncourted. I prithee, good Prince Hal, help me to my horse, good King's son. Out, you rogue. Shall I be your ostler? Go hang thyself in thine own heir-apparent garters. If I be ta'en, I'll peach for this. And I not made ballads made on you all and sung to filthy tunes? Let a cup of sack be my poison when a jest is so forward, and a foot too. I hate it. Enter Gadsill, Bardolph, and Peto. Stand! So I do, against my will. Oh, tis our setter. I know his voice. Bardolph, what news? Case ye, case ye, on with your visits. There's money of the king's coming down the hill. Tis going to the king's exchequer. You lie, ye rogue. Tis going to the king's tavern. There's enough to make us all. To be hanged. Sirs, you four shall front them in the narrow lane. Ned Poins and I will walk lower. If they escape from your encounter, then they light on us. How many be there of them? Some eight or ten. Sounds. Will they not rob us? What? A coward, Sir John Punch? Oh, indeed, I am not John of Gaunt, your grandfather, but yet no coward, Hal. Well, we leave that to the proof. Sirrah, Jack, thy horse stands behind the hedge. When thou needest him, there thou shalt find him. Farewell, and stand fast. Now cannot I strike him if I should be hanged? Ned, where are our disguises? Here, hard by. Stand close. Exit Prince Henry and Poins. Now, my masters, happy man be his dole, say I. Every man to his business. Enter the travellers. Come, neighbour, the boy shall lead our horses down the hill. We'll walk afoot a while and ease our legs. Stand. Stand. Jesus bless us. Strike. Down with them. Cut the villains' throats. Ah, horse-son caterpillars, bacon-fed knaves! They hate us, youth, down with them! Fleece them! Oh, we are undone, both we and ours, for ever! Hang ye, gore-bellied knaves! Are ye undone? No, ye fat chuffs! I would your store were here! On, bacons, on! Watch ye, knaves! Young men must live! You are grandeurs, are ye? We'll jure ye, faith! Here they rob them and bind them. Exeunt. Re-enter Prince Henry and Poins. The thieves have bound the true men. Now could thou and I rob the thieves and go merrily to London. It would be argument for a week, laughter for a month, and a good jest forever. Stand close. I hear them coming. Enter the thieves again. Come, my masters, and let us share and then to horse before day. And the prince and poins be not two errant cowards, there's no equity stirring. There's no more valor in that poins than in a wild duck. Your money! Villains! As they are sharing, the prince and poins set upon them. They all run away, and Falstaff, after a blow or two, runs away too, leaving the booty behind them. <laughs> Got with much ease. Now Mary lead a horse. The thieves are all scattered and possessed with fear so strongly that they dare not meet each other. Each takes his fellow for an officer. Away, good Ned. Falstaff sweats to death, and lards the lean earth as he walks along. Were it not for laughing, I should pity him. <laughs> How the rogue roared! 
Excellent. Scene three. Warkworth Castle. Enter Hotspur, Solus, reading a letter. But for mine own part, my lord, I could be well contented to be there, in respect of the love I bear your house. He could be contented. Why is he not, then? In respect of the love he bears our house? He shows in this he loves his own barn better than he loves our house. Uh, let me see some more. The purpose you undertake is dangerous. Why, that's certain. It is dangerous to take a cold, to sleep, to drink. But I tell you, my lord, fool, out of this nettle, danger, we pluck this flower safety. Uh, the purpose you undertake is dangerous, the friends you have named uncertain, the time itself unsorted, and your whole plot too light for the counterpoise of so great an opposition. <laughs> say you so? Say you so? Now, I say unto you again, you are a shallow, cowardly hind, and you lie. What a lack-brain is this? By the Lord, our plot is as good a plot as ever was laid. Our friends true and constant. A good plot, good friends, and full of expectation. An excellent plot. Very good friends. What a frosty-spirited rogue is this! Why, my lord of York commends the plot and the general course of action. Sounds, and I were now by this rascal I could brain him with his lady's fan. Is there not my father, my uncle, and myself, Lord Edmund Mortimer, my lord of York, and Owen Glendower? Is there not besides the Douglas? Have I not all their letters to meet me in arms by the ninth of next month? And, and are they not some of them set forward already? What a pagan rascal is this! An infidel! Ah! You shall now see in very sincerity of fear and cold heart will he to the king and lay open all our proceedings. Oh, I could divide myself and go to Buffett's for moving such a dish of skim milk with so honourable an action. Hang him! Let him tell the king. We are prepared. I will set forward to-night. Enter Lady Percy. How now, Kate? I must leave you within these two hours. Oh, my good lord, why are you thus alone? For what offence have I this fortnight been a banished woman from my Harry's bed? Tell me, sweet lord, what is it takes from thee thy stomach, pleasure, and thy golden sleep? Why dost thou bend thine eyes upon the earth, and start so often when thou sitst alone? Why hast thou lost the fresh blood in thy cheeks, and given my treasures, and my rights of thee, to thick-eyed musing and cursed melancholy? In thy faint slumbers I by thee have watched, and heard thee murmur tales of iron wars, speak terms of manage to thy bounding steed, cry courage to the field! And thou hast talked of sallies and retires, of trenches, tents, of palisados, frontiers, parapets, of basilisks, of cannon, culverin, of prisoners' ransom, and of soldiers slain and all the currents of a heady fight. Thy spirit within thee hath been so at war, and thus hath so bestirred thee in thy sleep, that beads of sweat have stood upon thy brow like bubbles in a late disturbed stream, and in thy face strange motions have appeared, such as we see when men restrain their breath on some great sudden hest. Oh, what portents are these! Some heavy business hath my lord in hand, and I must know it! else he loves me not. What ho? Enter servant. Is Gilliam's with a packet gone? He is, my lord, an hour ago. Hath Butler brought those horses from the sheriff? 
One horse, my lord, he brought even now. What horse? Uh, a roan? A crop-ear, is it not? It is, my lord. That roan shall buy my throne. Well, I will back him straight. O oh, Esperance, bid Butler lead him forth into the park. Exit servant. But hear you, my lord! What sayest thou, my lady? What is it carries you away? Why, my horse, my love, my horse. Out, you mad-headed ape! A weasel hath not such a deal of spleen as you are tossed with. In faith, I'll know your business, Harry, that I will. I fear my brother Mortimer doth stir about his title, and hath sent for you to line his enterprise. But if you go— So far afoot, I shall be weary, love. Come, come, you parakeeto, answer me directly unto this question that I ask. In faith, I'll break thy little finger, Harry, that I will, and if thou wilt not tell me all things true. Away, away, you trifler. Love, I love thee not. I care not for thee, Kate. This is no world to play with mammoths and to tilt with lips. We must have bloody noses and cracked crowns, and pass them current, too. God's me, my horse— why sayest thou, Kate, what what wouldst thou have with me? Do you not love me? Do you not, indeed? Well, do not, then. For since you love me not, I will not love myself. Do you not love me? Nay, tell me whether thou speak'st in jest or no. Come, wilt thou see me ride? And when I am on horseback, I will swear I love thee infinitely. But hark you, Kate, I must not have you henceforth question me whither I go, nor reason whereabout. Whither I must, I must, and to conclude this evening must I leave you, gentle Kate. I know you wise, but yet no farther wise than Harry Percy's wife. Constant you are, but yet a woman, and for secrecy no lady closer. For I well believe thou wilt not utter what thou dost not know. And so far will I trust thee, gentle Kate." How, so far? Not an inch further. But hark you, Kate, whither I go, thither shall you go too. Today will I set forth, tomorrow you. Will this content you, Kate? It must, of force. Exeunt. Scene 4. The Boar's Head Tavern, East Cheap. Enter Prince Henry and Poins. Ned. Prithee, come out of that fat room and lend me thy hand to laugh a little. Where hast been, Hal? With three or four loggerheads, amongst three or four score hogsheads. I have sounded the very bass-string of humility. Sirrah, I am sworn brother to a leash of drawers, and can call them by their christened names as Tom, Dick, and Francis. They take it already upon their salvation that, though I be but Prince of Wales, yet... I am the king of courtesy, and tell me flatly I am no proud jack like Falstaff, but a Corinthian, a lad of metal, a good boy, by the lord so they call me. And when I am king of England, I shall command all the good lads of East Cheap. They call drinking deep, dying scarlet, and when you breathe in your watering, they cry, hem, and bid you play it off. To conclude... I am so good a proficient in one quarter of an hour that I can drink with any tinker in his own language during my life. I tell thee, Ned, thou hast lost much honor that thou were not with me in this action. But, sweet Ned, 
to sweeten which name of Ned, I'd give thee this pennyworth of sugar, clapped even now into my hand by an underskinker, one that never spake other English in his life than eight shillings and six pence, and you are welcome, with this shrill addition, Anon, anon, sir! Score a pint of bastard in the half-moon, or, or so, but... Ned, to drive away the time till Falstaff come, I prithee, do those stand in some by-room while, while I question my puny drawer to, to one end he gave me the sugar, and do thou never leave calling Francis, that this tale to me may be nothing but anon. Step aside, and I'll show thee a precedent. Francis? Thou art perfect. Francis! Exit points. Enter Francis. Anon, anon, sir. Look down into the palm garnet, Ralph. Come hither, Francis. My lord? Uh, how long hast thou to serve, Francis? Forsooth, five years, and as much as Francis. to... Francis! Anon, anon, sir. Five year? By our lady, a long lease for the clinking of pewter. But, Francis, darest thou be so valiant as to play the coward with thy indenture, and show it a fair pair of heels and run from it? Oh, Lord, sir, I'll be sworn upon all the books in England I could find in my heart. Francis? Anon, sir. How old art thou, Francis? Let me see. About Michaelmas next I shall be... Francis! Anon, sir. Pray stay a little, my lord. Nay, but hark you, Francis. For the sugar thou gavest me, twas a pennyworth, was not? Oh, Lord, I would it had been two. I will give thee for it a thousand pound. Ask me when thou wilt, and thou shalt have it. Francis! Anon, anon. Anon, Francis? No, Francis, but tomorrow, Francis. Or, Francis, a Thursday. Or, indeed, Francis, when thou wilt, but, Francis. My Lord? Will thou rob this leathern jerkin, crystal button, not pated agate ring, puke stocking, gaddis garter, smooth tongue, Spanish pouch? Oh, Lord, sir, who do you mean? Why, then, your brown bastard is your only drink. For look you, Francis, your white canvas doublet will sully. In Barbary, sir, it cannot come to so much. What, sir? Francis! Away, you rogue, dost thou not hear them call? Here they both call him. The drawer stands amazed not knowing which way to go. Enter Vintner. What, standest thou still, and hearest such a calling? Look to the guests within. Exit Francis. My lord, old Sir John, with half a dozen more, are at the door. Shall I let them in? Let them alone a while, and then open the door. Exit Vintner. Poins. Re-enter Poins. Anon, anon, sir. Sirrah, Falstaff, and the rest of the thieves are at the door. Shall we be merry? As merry as crickets, my lad. But hark ye, what cunning match have you made with this jest of the drawer? Come, what's the issue? I am now of all humors that have showed themselves humors since the old days of good man Adam to the pupil age of this present twelve o'clock at midnight. Re-enter Francis. What's a clock, Francis? Anon, anon, sir. Exit. That ever this fellow should have fewer words than a parrot, and yet the son of a woman. His industry is upstairs and downstairs, his eloquence the parcel of a reckoning. I am not yet of Percy's mind, the hotspur of the north. He that kills me some six or seven dozen of Scots at a breakfast, washes his hands and says to his wife, Fie upon this quiet life, I want work. 
Oh, my sweet Harry, says she, how many hast thou killed today? Give my roan horse a drench, says he. And and answers, some fourteen, an hour after, a trifle, a trifle. I prithee, Colin Falstaff, I'll play Percy, and that damned bronze shall play Dame Mortimer, his wife. Revo, says the drunkard, Colin Ribs, Colin Tallow. Enter Falstaff, Gadshill, Bardolph, and Peto. Francis following with wine. Welcome, Jack. Where hast thou been? A plague of all cowards, I say, and a vengeance, too. Merry and amen. Give me a cup of sack, boy. Ere I lead this life long, I'll sow nether stocks, and mend them, and foot them, too. A plague of all cowards. Give me a cup of sack, rogue. Is there no virtue extant? He drinks. Didst thou ever see Titan kiss a dish of butter? Pitiful-hearted Titan, that melted at the sweet tail of the sun. If thou didst, then behold that compound. <laughs> you rogue, here's lime in this sack too. There is nothing but roguery to be found in villainous man, yet a coward is worse than a cup of sack with lime in it. A villainous coward. Go thy ways, old Jack, die when thou wilt, if manhood, good manhood, be not forgot upon the face of the earth, then am I a shot and herring. There live not three good men unhanged in England, and one of them is fat and grows old. God help the while. A bad world, I say. I would I were a weaver. I could sing psalms or anything. A plague of all cowards, I say still. How now, Woolsack? What mutter you? A king's son. If I do not beat thee out of thy kingdom with a dagger of lath, and drive all thy subjects afore thee like a flock of wild geese, I'll never wear hair on my face more. You prince of Wales. Why, you horse-unround man, what's the matter? Are not you a coward? Answer me to that, and points there. Zounds, ye fat potched, and ye call me coward. By the Lord, I'll stab thee. Oh, I call thee coward. I'll see thee damned that I call thee coward, but I would give a thousand pound. I could run as fast as thou canst. You are straight enough in the shoulders. You care not who sees your back. Call you that backing of your friends? A plague upon such backing. Give me them that will face me. Give me a cup of sack. I'm a rogue if I drunk today. O oh, villain, thy lips are scarce wiped since thou drunkest last. All's one for that. He drinks. A plague of all cowards, still say I. What's the matter? What's the matter? <laughs> there be four of us here have ta'en a thousand pounds this day morning. Where is it, Jack? Where is it? Where is it? Taken from us it is, a hundred upon poor four of us. What, a hundred men? I am a rogue, if I were not at half-sword with a dozen of them two hours together. I have escaped by miracle. I am eight times thrust through the doublet, four through the hose, and my buckler cut through and through, my sword hacked like a handsaw, ecce signum. I never dealt better since I was a man. All would not do. 
A plague of all cowards. Let them speak. If they speak more or less than truth, they are villains and the sons of darkness. Speak, sirs. How was it? We four set upon some dozen. Sixteen, at least, my lord. And bound them. Nah, nah, they were not bound. You rogue, they were bound, every man of them, or I am a Jew, else, an Hebrew Jew. As we were sharing, some six or seven fresh men set upon us. And unbound the rest, and then come in the other. What? Fought you with them all? All? I know not what you call all. But if I fought not with fifty of them, I am a bunch of radish. If there were not two or three and fifty upon poor old Jack, then am I no two-legged creature. Pray God you have not murdered some of them. Nay, that's past praying for. I have peppered two of them. Two, I am sure I have paid, two rogues in buckram suits. I tell thee what, Al. If I tell thee a lie, spit in my face, call me horse. Thou knowest my old ward. Here I lay, and thus I bore my point. Four rogues in buckram that drive what, me. What, four? Thou saidst but two even now. Four, Hal, I told thee four. Aye, aye, he said four. These four came all affront, and mainly thrust at me. I made me no more ado, but took all their seven points in my target thus. Seven? Why, there were but four even now. In buckram? Aye, four, in buckram suits. At seven, by these hills, or I am a villain else. Prithee let him alone. We shall have more anon. Dost thou hear me, Hal? Aye, and mark thee too, Jack. Do so, for it is worth the listening to. These nine in buckram that I told thee of... So, two more already. Their points being broken... Down fell their hose. Began to give me ground, but I followed me close, came in foot and hand, and with a thought seven of the eleven I paid. Oh, monstrous! Eleven buckram men grown out of two. But, as the devil would have it, Three misbegotten knaves in Kendall Green came at my back and let drive at me, for it was so dark, Hal, that thou couldst not see thy hand. These lies are like their father that begets them, gross as a mountain, open, palpable. Why, thou clay-brained guts, thou naughty-pated fool, thou whoreson obscene, greasy tallow-catch! What? Art thou mad? Art thou mad? Is not the truth the truth? Why, how couldst thou know these men in Kendall Green, when it was so dark thou couldst not see thy hand? Come, tell us your reason. What sayest thou to this? Come, your reason, Jack, your reason. What, upon compulsion? Zounds, and I were at the Strapedo, or all the racks in the world, I would not tell you on compulsion give you a reason on compulsion. If reasons were as plentiful as blackberries, I would give no man a reason upon compulsion, I. I'll be no longer guilty of this sin. This sanguine coward, this bed-presser, this horseback-breaker, this huge, 
hill of flesh. Blood, you starveling, you elfskin, you trite neat's tongue, you bull's pizzle, you stockfish. Oh, for breath to utter what is like thee, you tailor's yard, you sheath, you bow-case, you vile standing tuck. Well, breathe a while, and then to it again. And when thou hast tired thyself in base comparisons, hear me speak but this. Mark, Jack. We two saw you four set on four, and bound them and were masters of their wealth. Mark now how a plain tale shall put you down. Then did we two set on you four, and with a word outface you from your prize and have it. Yea, and can show it you here in the house. And, Falstaff, you carried your guts away as nimbly, with as quick dexterity, and roared for mercy, and still run and roared, as ever I heard Bullcalf. What a slave art thou, to hack thy sword as thou hast done, and then say it was in fight. What trick, what device, what starting hole canst thou now find out to hide? Thee, from this open and apparent shame. Come, let's hear, Jack. What trick hast thou now? By the Lord, I, I knew ye as well as he that made ye. Why, hear you, my masters. Was it for me to kill the heir apparent? Should I turn upon the true prince? Why, thou knowest I am as valiant as Hercules, but beware instinct. The lion will not touch the true prince. Instinct is a great matter. I was now a coward on instinct. I, I shall think the better of myself and thee during my life. I for a valiant lion, and thou for a true prince. But, by the Lord, lads, I am glad you have the money. Hostess, clap to the doors. Watch to-night, pray to-morrow. Gallants, lads, boys, hearts of gold, all the titles of good fellowship come to you. What? Shall we be merry? Shall we have a play extempore? Content, and the argument shall be thy running away. Ah, no more of that, Hal, and thou lovest me? Enter Hostess. Oh, Jesu, my lord the prince! How now, my lady the hostess? What sayest thou to me? Marry, my lord, there is a nobleman of the court at door would speak with you. He says he comes from your father. Give him as much as will make him a royal man, and send him back again to my mother. What matter of man is he? An old man. What doth gravity out of his bed at midnight? Shall I give him his answer? Prithee do, Jack. Faith, and I'll send him packing. Exit Falstaff. Now, sirs, by your lady you fought fair, and so did you, Pito. So did you, Bardolph. You are lions, too. You ran away upon... Instinct! You will not touch the true prince. No. Fie! Faith, I ran when I saw the others run. Tell me now in earnest, how came Falstaff's sword so hacked? Why, he hacked at it with his dagger, and said he would swear truth out of England, but he would make you believe it was done in fight, and persuaded us to do the like. Yea, and to tickle our noses with spear grass to make them bleed and then to beslubber our garments with it, and swear it was the blood of true men. I did that I did not this seven year before. I blushed to hear his monstrous devices. 
Oh, villain. Thou stolest a cup of sack eighteen years ago, and were taken with the manor, and ever since thou hast blushed extempore. Thou hadst fire and sword on thy side, and yet thou ranst away. What instinct hadst thou for it? My lord, do you see these meteors? Do you behold these exhalations? I do. What think you they portend? Hot livers and cold purses. Collar, my lord, if rightly taken. No, if rightly taken, halter. Re-enter Falstaff. Here comes lean Jack. Here comes Barebone. How now, my sweet creature of bombast? How long is to go, Jack, since thou sawest thine own knee? My own knee? <laughs> when I was about thy years, Hal, I, I was not an eagle's talon in the waist. I could have crept into any alderman's thumb-ring. A plague of sighing and grief. It blows a man up like a bladder. There's villainous news abroad. Here was Sir John Bracy from your father. You must to the court in the morning. That same mad fellow of the north, Percy, and he of Wales, that gave Emmerman the bastinado, and made Lucifer cuckold, and swore the devil his true liegeman upon the cross of a Welsh hook. What a plague call you him? Oh, Glendower. Owen, Owen, uh, the same, and his son-in-law Mortimer, and uh, old Northumberland, and uh, that's sprightly Scot of Scots, Douglas, that runs a horseback up a hill perpendicular. He that rides at high speed, and with his pistol, kills a sparrow flying. You have hit it. So did he, never the sparrow. Well, that rascal hath good metal in him. He will not run. Why, what a rascal art thou then, to praise him so for running? A horseback, ye cuckoo, but afoot he will not budge afoot. Yes, Jack, upon instinct. I grant ye upon instinct. Well, he is there too, and one more dake, and a thousand blue caps more. Worcester is stolen away to-night. Thy father's beard is turned white with the news. You may buy land now as cheap as stinking mackerel. Why, then, it is like if there come a hot June, and this civil buffeting hold, we shall buy maidenheads as they buy hobnails by the hundreds. By the mass, lad, thou sayest true. It is like we shall have good trading that way. But tell me, Hal, are not thou horrible afeard? Thou being heir apparent, could the world pick thee out three such enemies again as that fiend Douglas, that spirit Percy, and that devil Glendower? Art thou not horribly afraid? Doth not thy blood thrill at it? Not a whit of faith. I lack some of thy instinct. Well, thou wert be horribly chid to-morrow when thou comest to thy father. If thou love me, practice an answer. Do thou stand for my father, and examine me upon the particulars of my life. Shall I? Content. This chair shall be my state, this dagger my scepter, and this cushion my crown. Thy state is taken for a joined stool, thy golden scepter for a leaden dagger, and thy precious rich crown for a pitiful bald crown. Well, and the fire of grace be not quite out of thee, now shalt thou be moved. Give me a cup of sack to make my eyes look red, that it may be thought I have wept, for I must speak in passion. 
and I will do it in King Cambyses' vein. Well, here is my leg. And here is my speech. Stand aside, nobility. Oh, Jesu, this is excellent sport of faith. Weep not, sweet queen, for trickling tears are vain. Oh, the father, how he holds his countenance. For God's sake, lords, convey my tristful queen, for tears do stop the floodgates of her eyes. Oh, Jesu, he doth it as like one of these harlotry players as ever I see. Peace, good paint-pot, peace, good tickle-brain. Harry, I do not only marvel where thou spendest thy time, but also how thou art accompanied. For, though the chamomile, the more it is trodden on, the faster it grows, yet youth, the more it is wasted, the sooner it wears. That thou art my son, I have partly thy mother's word, partly my own opinion, but chiefly a villainous trick of thine eye, and a foolish hanging of thy nether lip, that doth warrant me. If then thou be son to me, here lies the point. Why, being son to me, art thou so pointed at? Shall the blessed son of heaven prove a maker and eat blackberries? A question not to be asked. Shall the son of England prove a thief and take purses? A question to be asked. There is a thing, Harry, which thou hast often heard of, and it is known to many in our land by the name of Pitch. This pitch, as ancient writers do report, doth defile. So doth the company thou keepest. For Harry, now, I do not speak to thee in drink, but in tears. Not in pleasure, but in passion. Not in words only, but in woes also. And yet there is a virtuous man whom I have often noted in thy company, but I know not his name. What manner of man, and it like your majesty? Oh, a goodly, portly man, a faith, and a corpulent, of a cheerful look, a, a pleasing eye, and a most noble carriage, and, as I think, his age some fifty, or by our lady, inclining to threescore. And now I remember me. His name is Falstaff. If that man should be lewdly given, he deceiveth me, for, Harry, I see virtue in his looks. If then the tree may be known by the fruit, as the fruit by the tree, then peremptorily I speak it. There is virtue in that Falstaff. Him keep with, the rest banish. And tell me now, thou naughty varlet, tell me, where hast thou been this month? Dost thou speak like a king? Do thou stand for me? and I'll play my father. Depose me, if thou dost it half so gravely, so majestically, both in word and matter. Hang me up by the heels for a rabbit-sucker, or a poulter's hair. Well, here I am set. And here I stand. Judge, my masters. Now, Harry, whence came you? My noble lord, from East Cheap. The complaints I hear of thee are grievous. Splurt, my lord, they are false. Nay, I'll tickle ye for a young prince of faith. Swearest thou, ungracious boy? Henceforth ne'er look on me. Thou art violently carried away from grace. There is a devil haunts thee. 
in the likeness of an old fat man. A ton of man is thy companion. Why dost thou converse with that trunk of humors, that bolting hutch of beastliness, that swollen parcel of dropsies, that huge bombard of sack, that stuffed cloak bag of guts, that roasted manning tree ox with the pudding in his belly, that reverend vice, that grey iniquity, that father ruffian, that vanity in years? Wherein is he good but to taste sack and drink it? Wherein neat and clean and cleanly, but to carve a caper and eat it? Wherein cunning but in craft? Wherein crafty but in villainy? Wherein villainous but in all things? Wherein worthy but in nothing? I would your grace would take me with you. Who means your grace? That villainous, abominable, misleader of youth, Falstaff. That old, white-bearded Satan. My lord, the man I know. I know thou dost. But to say I know more harm in him than in myself, I would to say more than I know. That he is old, the more the pity. His white hairs do witness it. But that he is, saving your reverence, a whore-master, that I utterly deny. If sack and sugar be a fault, God help the wicked. If to be old and marry be a sin, then many an old host that I know is damned. If to be fat be to be hated, then Pharaoh's lean kine ought to be loved. No, my good lord, banish Peto, banish Bardolph, banish Poins, but for sweet Jack Falstaff, kind Jack Falstaff, true Jack Falstaff, valiant Jack Falstaff, and therefore more valiant being as he is, old Jack Falstaff, banish not him thy Harry's company, banish not him thy Harry's company, banish plump Jack, and banish all the world. I do. I will. A knocking heard. Exeunt hostess, Francis, and Bardolph. Re-enter Bardolph, running. Oh, my lord, my lord, the sheriff with a most monstrous watch is at the door. Out, ye rogue. Play out the play. I have much to say in the behalf of that Falstaff. Re-enter the hostess. Oh, Jesu, my lord, my lord. Hey, hey, the devil rides upon a fiddlestick. What's the matter? The sheriff and all the watcher at the door. They are come to search the house. Shall I let them in? Dost thou hear how? Never caught a true piece of gold a counterfeit. Thou art essentially mad without seeming so. And thou a natural coward without instinct. I deny your major, if you will deny the sheriff so. If not, let him enter. If I become not a cart as well as another man, a plague on my bringing up. I hope I shall soon be strangled with a halter as another. Go hide thee behind the heiress. The rest walk up above. Now, my masters, for a true face and good conscience. Both which I have had, but their date is out, and therefore I'll hide me. Call in the sheriff. Exeunt all except Prince Henry and Peto. Enter sheriff and the carrier. Now, master sheriff, what is your will with me? First pardon me, my lord, a hue and cry hath followed certain men unto this house. What men? One of them is well known, my gracious lord, a gross fat man. As fat as butter. And the man, I do assure you, is not here. 
for I myself at this time have employed him. And, Sheriff, I will engage my word to thee that, that I will, by to-morrow dinner-time, send him to answer thee, or any man, for anything he shall be charged withal. And so let me entreat you, leave the house. I will, my lord. There are two gentlemen, have in this library lost three hundred marks. It may be so. If he have robbed these men, he shall be answerable. And so, farewell. Good night, my noble lord. I think it is good morrow, is it not? Indeed, my lord, I think it be two o'clock. Excellent sheriff and carrier. This oily rascal is known as well as Paul's. Go call him forth. Falstaff, fast asleep behind the arras, and snorting like a horse. Hark, how hard he fetches breath. Search his pockets. He searcheth his pockets, and findeth certain papers. What hast thou found? Nothing but papers, my lord. Let's see what they be. Read them. Item, a capon, two shillings, tuppence. Item, sauce, fourpence. Item, sack, two gallons, five shillings, eightpence. Item, anchovies and sack after supper, two shillings, sixpence. Item, bread, halfpenny. Oh, monstrous! But this one halfpenny worth of bread to this intolerable deal of sack. What there is else, keep close. We'll read it at more advantage. There let him sleep till day. I'll to the court in the morning. We must all to the wars, and thy place shall be honorable. I'll procure this fat rogue a charge of foot, and I know his death will be a march of twelve score. The money shall be paid back again with advantage. Be with me betimes in the morning, and so, good morrow, Pito. Good morrow, good my lord. Exeunt. End of Act Two.